The Florida Gators have one heck of a 2024 recruiting class set up right now. We're going to talk about that here today on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. If you haven't yet signed up for Florida Victorious, you should. Because we're talking recruiting today and NIL plays a part in these things, okay? If you want to save 20% off on your first month with Florida Victorious, use promo code LOCKED and you will get 20% off your first month using promo code LOCKED. Because I've said it before, if you're not donating to Florida Victorious, if you're not signed up with Florida Victorious, I don't want to hear a complaint from you about recruiting. Simple as that. So do so. But joining me now is going to be Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we get into it, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And Brian, we, we've talked a lot about recruiting, but we're focusing more on players who are actually committed to the Florida Gators program right now and hopefully will stay committed throughout this entire process. But recruiting's a, a, a fickle beast here. But yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about the, the the headliner here, which is DJ Lagway and just where he stacks up against other 2024 quarterbacks. Because I don't know if you've watched Swamp Kings yet with, with the, the Netflix Florida. I have. And in it, there was kind of Tebow talked about his recruitment a little bit and how he, how it was basically like once he committed, it was like, you're the savior kind of thing. And I feel like that's in a very similar situation with DJ Lagway here where it's like, Hey, coach had a rough first year, needs a good recruiting class and needs to bring in his QB. And, and that's what DJ Lagway is expected to be. So just in this 2024 quarterback class, where do you think DJ Lagway kind of, stacks up against the field he's one of the top kids in the country arm strength might be the best in the class and that's including dylan rayola the player committed to georgia he makes some really funky angled throws with velocity with touch uh, his dad had sent me some film randomly a few months ago and it was from a practice and there was a couple of plays like where he's running to his left and dj's right-handed and he just throws what I would otherwise consider to be an ill-advised pass, but throws it 50 yards and puts it on the money. So I didn't know he had that kind of arm strength. And this was one of those above angle things. It's perfect for viewing that put him on the goalpost or whatever. But, and I'm like, okay, I knew he could run. He's a big bodied kid, but with the overall stature that he has and being able to make some of those off kilter throws, it changes what you can do in your offense. They'll run RPO, et cetera. 
But those plays where most guys either get A, sacked, or B, make a horrific decision with where they throw it because they don't have that kind of arm, DJ can either at least get it off and throw it away or B, make a play that other guys don't, those back-breaking plays. So I think he's one of the top five to seven quarterbacks in the class. Where you want to rank him is, you know, up to anybody, but I like him in that top five to seven range. You can make an argument he has the most upside of anybody in the class because of the arm strength. And he's a kid that committed early. I think that's important for Florida. He's dialed into what Billy and all those guys in the Gainesville area are doing to get it, get it rolling. They're going to switch their offense up. I mean, nothing against the players they have on the roster now, but he's going to change their roster and their play calling because DJ can run. I think that's the biggest thing too. So one of the most dynamic players in the country and Ford is lucky to have. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about, you mentioned the, the arm angles. Like just, we see that with so many quarterbacks now. And I know that part of it is like a lot of kids play baseball growing up too. And, and you kind of just learn sure. how to throw it different that way. How much does it really go into the evaluation being able to do that now? Because I feel like that was something with, you know, Matthew Stafford dating back to his Georgia days and then, now Pat Mahomes does it and, and everybody does it now where, and I've talked about this before. I feel like Pat Mahomes doing it was kind of like the, the Steph Curry with the insane circus threes. Like it's like, okay, like kids grow up doing it and now their kids grow up seeing him do it. And now everybody wants to do it, but it feels like now, like you kind of have to be able to do it to operate, especially with an RPO offense where yeah. you might have someone in your throwing lane. And so you kind of have to angle it around it, but, how much does that really go into the evaluation or is it just like a little extra credit thing? It's like, Oh, if you could do it, great. If you can't not going to hurt you. It's actually very big part of the elite 11 process. And I've got my elite 11 hat sitting over here. One of the things they do is several little drills where they will have an instructor or another player that's at the camp run at the quarterback and you have to throw a sidearm jump, do different things. Cause while it looks pretty when you watch these videos, this is how you do a five-step. This is a, It's rarely that your pocket is clean. It's just rare. And if it is, it's a hike and throw where they have one second to get to you, and that's not going to happen. So if you can't do it at least a little bit, your, your ranking is going to go down because we all get to see that stuff now. A lot of Elite 11 stuff ends up on video. Even when some of the regionals I don't go to, I still get to see a lot of it. The kids that make those throws – are also usually the kids that have put in a lot of work with trainers and to be prepared. Seeing it live, I went out to Elite 11 final, not this year, but last year. There were a couple of kids that were really good at it, but weren't necessarily like a DJ's level of athleticism. And it raised their bar because you could tell, hey, I was prepared. I knew this was coming. That also tells me you're smart. And there were a few other kids that were really, really good, and they were clunky, <laughs> and it didn't go very well. And I'm like, oof. That was awkward. And they went down. I mean, if you make elite 11 finals, you can make on time rhythm throws for the most part. It's the off kilter stuff that separates the good from the great. And DJ is top of the board there. So Florida found a kid that can do things that most guys cannot do physically. And he's prepared himself. It's not one or the other. It's both. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, like, hey, Florida's going to probably change their offense because you have someone yeah. like Danny Lagway. Not just Lagway, but I feel like when you look at the rest of the pass catchers that they're bringing in, you're like, okay, they're going to spread it out a little bit more. They're probably going to become not 
not an air raid, but they're going to throw the ball a bit more and they're going to try to get the ball to their playmakers in space because you've got Jeray Tank Hawkins, which is still the most ironic nickname on the planet, Amir Jackson, TJ Abrams, uh, Isaiah Williams, and just for the sake of not excluding anybody that can be a pass catcher, we'll include Kane and Daniels here. But which of these guys do you think are kind of maybe likely to contribute early on in their tenure in Gainesville? I think Isaiah is a really good fit for that because he could play SWAT or he could play outside. Uh, when I talked to him a week or so ago, he's a quiet kid, but he's like, you know, I'll play SWAT, blah, blah, blah. Like everything to him is just blase, blase. But <laughs> he goes out the first game they play at Rockledge and he has, he has a big game, does good things. I think that's the kind of player because he's locked in with getting better. And then he has track speed. When you're running play action off what running, I mean, let's be honest. The one thing the Gators do, I know it's not the biggest projection this year for their win total, but they can run the ball. When you have track kids and they they understand technique, play action never goes out of style. So he's a kid I think that may he may only catch 10 balls as a freshman, but three of them might be for 50 yards. So he, he can run. Those are the kinds of players that can do it now. Abrams and some of the other guys, it's hard to say which one will come in mentally most prepared, but they're all very talented. The difference between the guy that does and does not play is the one that does what the wide receiver coach, tight end coach, and the offense in general want them to do because they're all good. It's about details. It's boring to talk about, but receiver coaches are really anal as a general rule with freshmen, and it ticks off fans. Oh, why isn't so-and-so playing? That's because so-and-so didn't study the playbook. He's standing next to the head coach because of it. Happens all the time. We get the backstory in media, and it's like, oh, my God. This kid's lazy, blah, blah, blah. It happens every year. I don't know which one it'll be. One of the kids <laughs> coming to the UF will come in unmentally prepared, and it'll just. This... But there'll be somebody, and I bet you that Williams will be that guy that will be prepared, and he'll get a chance to play, so. Florida will change their roster pretty quickly with the kids they got in the 23 class and now 24. Man, that's a lot of speed that Billy Napier and his group have brought in. I think it's going to change kind of what they do, not just this year, but long-term, because teams are going to have to adjust to Florida for a change. Because let's be honest, their offense hasn't been scary since 20. Last two years, pedestrian is probably how I would define it. Yeah, um, and, and you know, Florida's been at their best when they just have speed demons at receiver. You look at the Spurrier days, you look at oh, Spurrier, they've, they've been at their best when they've had that, and I guess Billy was like, oh, all right, let's do it again then. Just, just run it back. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So, the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors, and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part fits the right time, the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors, and it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Okay? Especially when you have 122 million parts to choose from. Get the right parts, the right fit, and most importantly, the right price. On ebaymotors.com. Gator Nation, let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. 100%. Yeah. On the defensive side, because Florida's also always been at their best with a good defense here. 
Uh, a, a big thing with Jamonta Waller, who is currently the highest rated commit, at least on, on 24-7, the consensus there. Jamonta Waller is the highest rated commit. His ranking on some sites is affected, and his opinion by some fans is affected by his height, because I know, uh, I think it's on three, has him listed at six foot and, and half an inch. Is right. that an issue for you if he really is? He's, they're the only place that have that, but every other place has him at 6'2". So is it really an issue if he's 6'2", six, 6'5", six an inch? Does, does that change anything about him for you? A little bit. I mean, he's talented enough to play middle linebacker, to be an edge guy or whatever. But length is length, and I've never stood next to DeMonte. But 6'4", kid? with his skills would be the number one player in the country quite possibly. Um, I don't know what Ford is going to do except move him around anyway. I know you and I've talked about on this show, they're going to blitz. The defense coordinator believes in applying pressure and making the quarterback move his feet. Fantastic. Yeah, I know. I know you you're, you're all for it, but <laughs> big fan, but will he be coming from inside linebacker outside linebacker? Or will he put his hand in the dirt? My guess is the answer is all three. If he's a little bit short, you gotta you gotta manipulate, which is partially what they do anyhow. So why not? I think it's also a situation where he's a kid that's dominant for a reason. He's very instinctual. He'll probably pick it up quicker than most. They might give him one task early and then he'll figure it out. But I mean, if he was six three, six four legitimately, yeah, I'd rank him higher. But I still think he's a top one hundred kid, maybe even top fifty, and he's, in my opinion, the best player in Mississippi. So Ford is getting a heck of a football player. I'm not as concerned about the position as him fitting in with everything else. As long as you have a defense that fits together, he can probably fit in the gap that Ford has missed in recruiting or whatever. Not that they've really missed a D line, but if there's a linebacker that's down, whatever, he'll, he'll be able to move and be a plug and play guy that way. Cause he's a smart kid. So I think Ford is going to be fine either way. I just think that he's a very good football player. It'll take care of itself. Yeah, I'm very much uh, subscribed to. Hey, good football player, take him on your team. Don't care. Um, so so yeah. there, I'm I'm there with you. But uh, I know that there's a couple guys on this defensive line, like you said, Florida hasn't really missed on the defensive line. Correct. <laughs> what do you think of the front four hall for 2024 in general? Because we talked about Jamonta Waller. I know you're a huge fan of Amaris Williams out in uh, yes. Clinton, North Carolina. There's Nasir Johnson. There's Kendall Jackson. There's Makai Boyrow, who's just absolute unit over there in the interior. But what do you feel about just this front four hall so far that Florida has and probably likely wrapped up for the most part, unless they can convince LJ McCray to be a Florida Gator. I think that we're looking at this as the class. It might be the best D line hall in the country in terms of what it actually is. And as I almost always say in these circumstances, I'm not a big fan of where the rankings are for some of them like Barrow. Georgia doesn't recruit nose guards for fun. They desperately wanted him. I tend to trust Kirby Smart's opinion of interior defensive linemen. And I'm going to guess while people on this show hate Kirby, they understand my statement. So that's where I start. He's a kid with unlimited upside because, you know, he's a biscuit away from being 350, but he can still move. Um, he was like 380 or something like that. But he's also a kid that understands the overall nature of what he's got to do because he's gotten himself in shape he's at a program i know one of the coaches there they've, they've motivated him you put him next to williams and some of these other guys 
where they have to double him. Now everybody else is single. You can't have 350 hitting your quarterback. That's never good. Very, very bad. Every day, very, very bad. So you get this front. Now you're you're trending in the direction that Georgia and Alabama are. Now that's one class. Don't get me wrong. They do this kind of stuff most classes. But this has been the difference. Florida wasn't as good in the trenches as those two schools. I mean, that's just as simple as it gets. And I, I've said this on some other Locked On podcasts. If you're going to beat Georgia and Alabama, it's very simple. Go ahead and just go into their backyard and take the top, top defensive linemen away from them. I always get long stares when I hear but That's just <laughs> the truth. That's why the Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia, that, that quarter right through there, they get all the D linemen. That, who's going to the playoffs most of the time? It's just the way it is. Now, in this case, Florida went it. They got Burrow. I mean, these all these guys are in that little area, and they are all recruited by Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, etc. What does that tell you? It is an elite group. Now, can they back it up? The, the question isn't really, is this a, a, a big-time group? It, it's flat-out tremendous, and it's balanced because you got guys for each spot. What can they do next year? With or without, I mean, they get McCray. That's the cherry on top. He's very talented. I don't know where he's going to go. He's, he doesn't talk much, but uh, yeah, he does. He's not an interview guy. But if they can get even half of what they got this year in the next class to go with it, then Ford is cooking. They got to back it up. Georgia and Alabama, their second and third team roll in and they, hell, they're just as good or better than the team they're playing. And they're starting. That's why they win. In third and fourth quarter, they got fresh reserves that are very talented. Nick Saban can coach. I get it. But his guys are better than your guys, too. So Florida, they're on the right track. That's that's the starting point here. Yeah, I will say it, it feels very good because just with Dan Mullen, it was like, oh, like you have to go into Bama and take a player from Nick. You have to go into Georgia and take a player from Kirby. And Dan Mullen was like, I think I'm going to – jet ski instead uh and no with billy napier last year went into bama took kobe collins this year going into yep. georgia taking makai boyro so it's fun to like i know you're not going to win every battle but it's you fun just got to get like one of yeah if you can just get one of those guys every year and then recruit your own backyard we are talking about florida here let's not overcomplicate. they can get one or two kids a year in florida they'll be fine this year, I mean, it, it ended up being a little more out of state, It's which is truly amazing. I doubt that's going to be the trend long term. I mean, this is a one in 10 year kind of deal because it's North Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi. It's random. But hey, if they're wearing the Gator uniform, they're wearing the Gator uniform. It is what it is. Yeah, I uh, got yeah, one from North Carolina, two from like Maryland, uh, two from Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. You got two or three from Texas. It's very spread out, but Hey, if it works, I don't give a damn where you come from. I'm just, I just want to see you win some football games in Gainesville. So that's right. Don't matter to me at all. This episode of locked on Gators is brought to you by better help because look, recruiting is not for the faint of heart. Okay. Just saying, give online therapy a try at betterhelpcom slash locked on college and get on your way to being your best self. Whether you're dealing with the decisions around your career, relationship, anything, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate through this crazy thing that we call life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash college today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash college. Uh, on the back end, just backing out of the trenches here, let's say that the Florida Gators don't add any more to their secondary. Right now, they've got four guys. They've added two to it in the past couple of months where it was like, hey, at first, it was Xavier Filsamy and Josiah Davis, and then we'll see what happens. They added Wardell Mack. They added Teddy Foster. If they don't add to their secondary, which, of course, they're in on a couple more players, they're still trying to flip uh, Jameer Grimsley from Alabama. They're still pushing for Jamari Howard a bit. They're still pushing for Zay Mincy, who he he's kind of up in the air right now. But let's just play the worst-case scenario of you don't add any more to the secondary room. Are you comfortable with that secondary group if you're the Florida Gators? That that is based on the following premise: Is Teddy Foster that guy? He's got the measurables. We discussed prior to the show that he hasn't played long. He's at Cardinal Mooney. That's not exactly Miami Central or Tampa Jesuit. And you know, I I don't know much about him. But Florida wanted him. They made a really hard push for him, and it fits the profile of what they're trying to do. And that's just have a ton of size in their secondary. But if he can play corner. Phillips me can play safety or corner. He's really athletic. Then you could put him in the back end, at least part-time, and you're starting to move parts around that have skills to play coverage of any kind. Then Florida, you're talking about matching the back end a little bit more like the front. Now, if I had to pick one or the other, I'm taking the D-line. It's not even in question. But, again, Phillips me could play for anybody. He can play at LSU, Ohio State, whatever. He's really, really good. I love that kid's film. I need to see – Teddy this year after the games three or four, I'm sure we'll have something on huddle to know, but if he goes up that notch, I mean, the other guy, Wardell Mack play. I mean, LSU and Texas wanted him. I'm pretty good there. So I think they just need that second corner. I would love to see them get a, another guy that can play corner, especially if he could play slot. I mean, that could still happen this year. You never know. You need almost three corners every year now because everybody runs spread. It's, it's so hard. But at the same time, I like the kids they have. I just want to see what Teddy does this year. Yeah, and, you know, anything could happen. We saw a, a kind of similar situation with Jakeem Jackson flipping the corner and having That's a right. big rise. You could see the same thing with Teddy Foster. We could not see the same thing also. I don't want that to be the expectation. But it's something that we could see with Teddy Foster. But just with this Florida Gators recruiting class for 2024, you've got your QB. You've got a running back. You've got three receivers. You've got a tight end. You've got three or four offensive linemen. One of them is a blue chip. You've got a great D-line class. You've got one of the best, if not the best, linebacker class with uh, three of the top ten in there. You've got your secondary. Do you think that there are any necessarily weak spots in this 2024 recruiting hall so far? Weak is no. Is there something that I would prefer maybe? I mean, you could make that argument. I mean, if you wanted to get really picky, because there's hardly any of these anymore, maybe an elite linebacker in the middle that's a guy that's proven as a pass defender too. That's really rare. Uh, I, I'd like to see what Miles Graham does this year. I'm curious. Obviously, he's got the right bloodlines. If they can develop that, that's the spot that college coaches are struggling with a lot now because everybody passes. They they focus on one guy that can't cover well, a linebacker, and they kill him. Maybe something like that. But, I mean, this is a tremendous group. 
Darius Hayes they've got listed as a linebacker. I think he's an edge, but they might use him at linebacker in, at Florida in some capacity. He's so athletic and he's a thumper. They, there's nothing they don't have. So they just got to finish out the class. And if they add somebody like McCray, it's a bonus. But right now it's top five defensive class in the country conservatively, probably top three. Yep. For me, I, I've said the only thing that I would like to see add to the O-line a little bit more. Just just because I, I know last year you brought in four guys, but I mean – o-line attrition has been a thing for the, for the gators and you added a ton in the transfer portal but transfer portal y- you only have for you know two years and and so i would like to see more o-linemen but even if you don't i'm not mad at it <laughs> I, I look at this is an awesome class especially for the florida gators where it's like sure we went through a couple of years of they've got the number eight class Half of them aren't eligible, but they got the number eight class. So, so glad to see that that trend no is over. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel and every week here on Locked On Gators. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back later today. Two days, baby. Interior defensive line talk later today for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all later.